Welcome to Patch Notes to everyone except Mike Bloomberg, who unfortunately has been canceled as a guest at the last second. Get out, Mike. Uh, <laughs> we are, we you know, we were going to be offered five thousand dollars to have him on the show, um, but uh, you know, he just he, he, he fell asleep. Now uh, we we have multiple segments tonight, and between each, you may hear an advertisement um, <laughs> from a certain presidential candidate. <laughs> It's just me and John talking about how much we like Mike Bloomberg. Um, Parody and satire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyway, um, I'm here with the man you're hearing right now, Mr. uh, Mr. Jonathan Bernhard. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello. That that took you a second. Um, uh, The the Democratic debate's happening right now, but uh, literally it's not telling us anything except uh, that Mike Bloomberg is getting... uh, all of his past just thrown in his face by Liz Warren. Um, like if this was the Liz Warren that we'd actually seen on the campaign trail the last couple months, instead of this, like easily could have won the nomination. Yeah. This, this Hillary Kamala, you know, DNC staffer stage managed disaster. Um, you know, this, this is her element. This is what she does. And frankly, you know, I, my choice would be a, wouldn't change. I'd still be with Sanders just because of, uh, he's better on policy. It just is. Yeah. Uh, right. But the the choice would have been a lot harder if she if the candidate who showed up tonight to the debate was the candidate that had been on the campaign trail the rest of the time. Yeah, pretty pretty remarkable to like see everyone say like, oh yeah, Bloomberg's getting uh, torn apart by Liz Warren. It's just like really. I mean, but <laughs> people forget that's what she did. Like that was before whoever got to her got to her in this campaign. That was her thing. Like yeah. yeah, she like she went to a dude's funeral and in the eulogy she gave called him out for sexually harassing her. <laughs> like she can be cold. She can do that shit. She just didn't. She's that meme of the guy who uh, says like I just went to my worst enemy's funeral to make sure he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then talk shit about him to his children's face. Man, incredible. Um, yeah. um well, I'm really excited that this is happening tonight uh because I, Honestly, if anything could make me uh, not feel like, you know, Pete Buttigieg was the central uh, existential threat to my life rat and mode, politics, rat uh, mode, it's rat Mayor Bloomberg. Mode, rat mode, rat. It's Mayor Mike. Yeah, Mayor Mike. Mayor it's Mike, like, who it, it, is being, whose comms director was on the Bolsonaro campaign. Yeah. You saw that guy's tweets, though, right? Um, I, I don't think any of those zingers have been dropped. Oh, I can't I believe think. it. I don't not, think, not uh, even Bernie not even the Nirvana be, one. Yeah, not even uh, Bernie needs to replace Kurt Cobain as the lead singer of Nirvana in 2020. That that one has, and 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 that Liz Warren should be his backup singer. Um, so good. I guess that means she's the bassist. That's, I don't. No, I don't no. Know I guess he, that means she replaced Dave Grohl because Grohl was Nirvana doesn't have a backup. I mean, no, they no, it doesn't. But we have to we have to work with this 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 uh, <laughs> is this this oh, you know insightful so zinger. That was dropped, um, and we got to work backwards from you know the humor inherent on the idea of uh, Liz Warren being Bernie Sanders's backup singer in the band Nirvana. Back to what he really means, <laughs> which is still unclear. I love it. I am. I'm really. I. I am mad that it didn't. 
I, I'm I'm really really frustrated that we didn't get the uh, the roast mode, uh, Mike Bloomberg roast mode. Well, I mean, he, been... he never got a chance. It was just you know knives out since the they should have waited. The they should have let him do roast mode. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, I, now I'm now, now I disapprove of it. Yeah. Well, except for Pete. Pete's uh, Pete decided that his big problem with Bloomberg is that uh, that Bloomberg's trying to buy the nomination, but that Bloomberg didn't like fund him as his way to buy the nomination. Pete's mad that he wasn't, you know, the figurehead and the surrogate. Did he literally say that? Or? He did not literally say that, but he did everything but say that. That's rad. Um, and I he, love it. Uh, yesterday he was asked if he'd take Bloomberg's money and. Smiled and said yes. Huh. The answer's no. <laughs> no. Seems like an easy one. But, all right, I, know, well. I mean, yeah, he has no morals. No, not even a little. I mean, I wouldn't take Bloomberg's money, and I'm uh, far less wealthy than, yeah. than Pete. Anyway, we've gone on too long about this, uh, but it is interesting. Um, let's talk about video games. Oh. Uh, there's some news this week, incredibly. Uh, we have some news. People are talking about news. Do you um, want to start with Sony and the coronavirus? I do want to start with Sony and the coronavirus. So Sony uh, has canceled their appearances at PAX East. Um, Sounds like a wrestling tag team. Sony it does. Go on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that means they're going to have to give up their intercontinental titles. Um, but, yeah, no, they're they're not going to PAX East um, because uh, they are – apparently they're citing the, the coronavirus as the reason for not traveling. Um, now, I've seen uh, – this is a, largely I saw on um, uh, Alex Navarro's feed uh, speculation, him speculating that basically this is probably not uh, fear over uh, the coronavirus, um, I don't know, um, uh, manifesting itself in Boston – of all mm-hmm. places, because only one case has been uh, confirmed there. But in fact, a new Japanese policy on traveling um, vis-a-vis the coronavirus. Um, yeah, makes sense. But I mean, still very funny for Sony to cancel a whole thing because of it. I mean, and in fairness, PAX East does have a little bit of a reputa- reputation of like it being a diseased shithole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a video game convention held in usually very packed, very tight quarters that don't quite fit the crowd that comes. Oh, and they are right in the middle of flu season. (laughs) Video video game fans too. I mean, you're not, I I don't want to draw any like large, um, unflattering generalizations, uh, but in general, (laughs) uh, there's some, there's some lack of care. Yeah. And it doesn't take more than a couple people. Yep. That's right. That's right. Especially anyone who has decided they aren't going to shower. They're just going to spray some deodorant on as much as they can. Um, uh, you know, get two or three of those in a room. But yeah, now I, I've heard a lot of stories about Paxis, especially from you know Alex and the Giant Bomb guys. Uh, just because it's the timing, the conditions. You know, E three is always held later. Uh, uh, most of the other conventions are held a little bit earlier before flu season re- really hits. But mid February, that's like that's the kill zone. Um, yeah. For this stuff, and you know. Um, this has become sort of a a panic situation that is still kind of overblown, but I don't like what are they really losing by putting out a Sony Direct about this, right? Yeah, I guess not. I mean like it it sort of goes back to what we were talking about with E three a while back, like months and months ago, that like no one goes to E three anymore because mm-hmm. I mean what's there's no real reason to. PAX is a little different because PAX has like cachet to and like, you know, you can 
draw some goodwill basically from the consumers themselves, which is in gaming at least kind of a, a very uh, canny way of, you know, buying some, some press. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's no real loss for Sony not going here. It's not like the people at PAX are not going to buy Final Fantasy VII because they didn't see yeah. or, the people um, there, right? I, th- I think I think their best, their biggest thing they were going to show was uh, Last of Us. Excuse me, Last of Us Part Two. Was gonna oh, be sure, of course, of course, of course, of course, course. I mean, even even fewer people are not going to buy yeah. that. I mean, come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, they'll pull. I mean, it, and this is like you said, part of a wider thing where these companies are just pulling back from these conventions as the be-all end-all um of their marketing presence just because that kind of makes no sense um yeah they're good for networking but the distribution lanes for uh, advertising um are so open now um yeah i mean you may as well just i mean you may as well literally just say hey we're gonna have this on like like um it's sort of like uh who was it who did that was it? Oh yeah, it was Bethesda when they yeah. announced Fallout seventy six. Hilariously <laughs> enough, uh, when they were just like, "Hey, we're having a we're having a little announcement over on Twitch, so head on over to our Twitch channel," um, and like uh, that worked really well. A bunch of people went to their Twitch channel. It broke. Yeah. They didn't even they oh, weren't even able to fitting. do it, and, very and people were just there. Uh, there was actually a Fallout seventy six story that I dropped from our our show notes for this because we can't actually. You can't be a have a segment every yeah. every podcast where we talk about Fallout seventy six, but apparently um, players are crashing the servers with a new dupe item glitch. It's, nice, uh, I love it. Very good, I love that. What a game! But yeah, I mean, I think like I think like the 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 fact of the matter is PlayStation or I'm sorry, Sony uh, knew like they knew the ideas of like the, the I'm sorry, they knew that their like um, uh, marketing would out would come out one way or the other they could do a direct they could do like a basically they don't need packs mm-hmm. um it's a it's a nice thing to go to i'm sure they schedule it in every year um i'm sure packs is disappointed they're not going to be there for sure but it's not as if it's going to affect their bottom line and if, yep. if they if they are even a little bit worried about the coronavirus or if they just don't care to go to packs if it's more of a, an inconvenience than anything then i mean i do sympathize good excuse. i do sympathize with anyone who wants to avoid boston <laughs> uh said as a as a true uh baltimorean yeah um speaking of disastrous launches though let's uh get into my i'm going to combine my game of the week segment with uh the news because okay. this Great. game launched this week and has been in the news wilson uh, so i don't know anything about wilson right so uh it was a it, it's a it's a new studio it's called like, it's called wilson studio it was a studio made, founded to make this game. Uh, went into Kickstarter three years ago. It's been an early access for about 18 months, 24 months, something like that. Okay. Um, and it went out of early access uh, this week, and it has been an unmitigated disaster. Uh, Wilson, really? Wilson is a, it's sort of like a, it sort of takes some of the lessons learned from uh, Path of Exile and combines them with a, an engine that feels a lot like Diablo 3 in terms of um, your mobility and your... Um... It's a weird combination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Two very, very different games. Um, but, yeah, so it has a sphere grid that, uh, you know, obviously you, you progress through in different directions that give you passive bonuses. 
and then you have active abilities that you level up, and you can. Uh, one of its big selling points is that uh, you don't choose a class; you just create a okay. character. Uh, this means uh, and respecking is very cheap. So if you want to go from playing a warrior to playing a mage, because there are actually classes, um, the skills are very heavily weapon restricted, so they force you to play certain skills with certain weapons. Okay, and that is the you know that's the basis of a class system uh, in one of these games. Right, well, you're not not in the world. Not we'll in the world. Move. No, we'll be Materialism careful. Materialism yeah. is the basis of a class system. And monsters explode into gold in this game, so you level up your class while killing the underclass. Anyway, um, mm. so you basically have a warrior, a mage, and a rogue. Um, okay. So, like overclass lane, and you can do different things within those, like two weapon fighters. Uh, double us, uh, you know, giant, you know, warhammer barbarians. Um, the the rogue is able to use uh, bows, guns. Uh, they summon turrets a lot with their skills. Uh, mages. It sounds very tower defensey. Yeah. In, in um, but it but it plays like Diablo, or it plays okay. like uh, it has the loot system of a Diablo. Um, oh, that's fun. That's always a winner. And honestly, and it plays really well when it when it works. The game plays very well. I, I mean, that's it, ominous. Yeah. I'd put it above... Uh, honestly, I'd put it above how Diablo 3 plays. I'd put it below okay. Path of Exile. Um, Path you of love Exile, Path of Exile. You're yeah. a big-time Path of Exile guy, though. I, I am. I don't play it as much anymore because uh, I've played about a thousand hours of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't <laughs> play... Yeah, I've, I've played a lot of uh, Slay the Spire, and I don't play quite as much anymore, but that's not because it's a bad game. It's just because I played a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and when Path of Exile 2 comes out, I obviously will be getting back into that. Um, Has that we'll... been announced? Yeah, yeah. They, they have a convention now. Do you know that? Oh. Yeah, it's like in cool. New Zealand or some shit. You have to haul ass down, because I think that's where they are, their, their studio. Uh, you have to haul ass down to New Zealand if you want to go to the... Uh, I, I hate to be the guy to say this, but I do not have the money to send you to New Zealand. Correct. Uh, I don't have the money to send me to New Zealand. I don't think our uh, listeners have the money to send me to New Zealand. Uh, some, if they all if they all pitched in together, maybe. Well, if, if if Mike Bloomberg is listening, um, if Mike twenty twenty, <laughs> hey, yeah, um, no, but so the game plays very well uh, when it works, and the reason that is a writer is that uh, ever since launch, it's been on a mitigated disaster. They didn't get the right Ooh. server hosting. This, has a, this game has a strong online and offline component to the point where you can't play... Like, you can transition characters from online to offline, but not the other way back. Um, oh. As far... I think. I haven't actually played an online character. The reason for this is I arrived to it late enough that the servers were already down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and so I started an offline character, and I played the offline character for a while. And while I was playing the offline character, the servers came back up, and people's loot stashes had been wiped. Oh, no. Yes. So basically, in a in a game that is purely about, I mean, it's a, it's a loot yeah, it's, game, Yeah, it's, it's a loot game, yeah. They Gone. lost all their loot. Gone. Unrecoverable. Um, apparently... Wow. This is a, a problem with the servers, obviously disagreeing with the local copy of the game. And the way that it's coded is so, dare I say, incompetent that a lot of the changes they need to make couldn't be made without wiping the cage. Wow. Um, so I that's did, really I bad. Never. So made they're never. I mean, there, there's no fix there, right? Like there's, they can't apparently get stuff not. Fixed. Um, you're, yeah, there's no coming back from that. Not good. Uh, apparently, they have some agreement with their hosting where they can only um, patch it once a week. 
They what only... is the, Is it just like what? What's the deal with this? Is it? It's it's very strange. Um, like just like a super small studio. I'm going to give I you mean, the title just... to VG247.com's article on Wilson. It is Wilson is open quote a fucking dumpster fire close quote four <laughs> years in the making according to its community. Oh no. Um. Wilson sounds a lot like the name of that uh, that one really famous uh, early, well, recently famous uh, early horror movie, Haxon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've been playing offline. Um, and therefore, my stash hasn't been completely reset. Uh, the, the game's broken in other ways, though. Like um, Good. I mean, I would hate to think that you were getting a good experience. Yeah. Uh, so, like, here's an example. You get two potion slots, and they're on your one and two button by default. What happens, okay. obviously, when you press the potion button is it plays the animation to drink a potion. The potion applies. If you don't have a potion equipped in the potion slot, oh, no, it still tries to play an animation, but there is no animation. So what happens is you effectively, if you have an empty potion slot, you have a button that is an animation cancel. I love where this is going. You can cancel out of casting animations. You can cancel out of attacks once they've landed. You can cancel out of anything with a windup. And because so you can basically no, break the game. Yes. You can fire your gun as fast as you can hammer that empty potion slot. Oh, my God. Also, shields. Shields obviously have um, some integer on them. Um, a block uh, multiplier or something. Not a multiplier, a block uh, value. Uh, blocks okay. X, this damage X. The way that calculation works is busted, such that oh, no. that value gets then multiplied by your block efficiency. Oh, so... So you can just go to 100% block, right? Like that. That's amazing. Take no damage. I think you can still take damage from behind. I think it's semi-directional. I haven't tested so like basically, that yet. like basically, this game is broken in so many different ways. Yeah. Now, you might have thought that because I played it offline, I would have escaped game-breaking bugs. I would have thought, but it sounds like you couldn't because of the way the math is broken. The math. Well, this is even about the math. I'm I'm playing it with um, with honor. I'm not exploiting animation canceling glitches. I'm not, you know, running around with a shield to keep me at 100% block all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 the, the most I'm doing is I'm using the bleeding edge skill, which is also sort of busted the way this with the same math problems that the uh, shield is, but with DPS. Okay, um, well, but it's it's not busted to the point where you're invincible. It's just it does a lot more damage than anything else. Okay, um, makes sense. Anyway, so last night I get to the end of the first act, uh, and there's a boss. This is a three-stage boss. Um, one of the things about this game is it includes the role that Diablo 3 added, I believe, to all classes with the Reaper of Souls release on console. Um, so they have a role function in here, too. And, and the mobility, like, when the game's working, the mobility feels really good. Um, okay. And you this have is sounding to take... way too much like Anthem to me so far. <laughs> and I you... know there's no comparison, and I know it's not the same game, but yeah. it's... Boy, the way you're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So when it works, uh, you're doing a lot of positioning mid-fight, especially if you're playing a melee guy. You're, 
you're rolling around a lot, you're moving out of the path of line attacks and AoEs, that sort of stuff. You're doing your fight stuff, okay. you're applying status effects, you're uh, applying buffs to yourself, you know, good shit. Stuff that you, you, yeah, no, you want great. in the RPG. Now, the Act 1 boss fight is a bit long. It's three stages. That's a lot of stages, especially for a fight that doesn't actually get too much more interesting as it progresses. Like, he's still the same guy doing the same things. He changes up his patterns a little bit, but it's just like try, having to get rid of three health bars. Okay. Um, so this fight felt like it took 20 minutes. It probably in real time, because, you know, things always feel like they take longer than they actually do. Yeah, of um, course. I mean, especially in games like this, where yeah. there's, like, state, especially if you are feeling like the game you are playing is not respecting your time, basically. Yeah. So uh, it, it, this felt like 20 minutes. It was probably something more like actually five to seven minutes uh, in this boss fight. I get to the third phase. I'm, I've got about two-thirds of his health removed. My finger goes to hit the one button to heal with a potion. I accidentally hit escape. Oh, no. Now, I hit, while I hit escape, I've got mouse one help down. The mouse one, uh, when you hit escape, obviously, the menu appears. Now, the mouse is not on any of the menu buttons. Um, it's, like, off to the top left of the screen. Okay. Uh, but it still reads the mouse one input on the load button. And okay. it reads the input on the load button directly into the loading screen, where it highlights automatically the autosave from before the fight. Oh, no. This happens in a fraction of a second. What happens is I hit hit escape, have my mouse one held down oh, for an no. attack, and it reloads my autosave to the beginning of the fight. Oh, no. So uh, that was late last night. Uh, I what decided, a nightmare. I decided I was done for that night. Um, hey, I mean, who can blame you at that yeah. point? And it was late. You know, it was when I should be going to sleep anyway. So, I, you know, I put it down. I went to sleep, watched some. Uh, the HBO show The Outsider, because I like Jason Bateman. Um, came back Fair to it today. So what I do this time is I put the difficulty down to story mode, because I've already beaten this fight, and it's a very long fight, and I want to play it again. Yeah, I mean, why do you, Why would you want yeah. to? You, you, you have nothing to prove to anyone at that yeah. point. So go into it, beat the guy fairly easily, obviously, because it's the story mode difficulty. Uh, get the, the loot, the experience, the gear, all that stuff, do the conversations, uh town portal back to town, go talk to the merchant prince who rules the town to end the chapter. Uh, we watch the cutscenes, go through that, it loads me into the beginning of chapter two. Okay, uh, sounds great so far. Uh, so I hit escape uh, on purpose this time, and hit save and exit to the main menu. It does that. Works perfectly fine. No bugs, no crashes, no nothing. It exits me back to the main menu. Portrait of my character comes up, and he's still holding the weapon that dropped in that boss fight. This big old uh -oh. uh, poisonous green axe. And that's that's where he should be holding. That's what I have equipped. I, I don't like the way you're setting this up, though. Go to change the difficulty back from story to normal difficulty, because you can only switch that out of the game. Uh, you can't switch that within the run, as far as I can tell. All right. I find it's still on normal. It's not on story mode anymore. And then I look at the progress in the story that I have. Oh, no. It has kicked me back to the prologue. <gasps> Op I hit start I hit start the game no. it plays the opening cutscene oh, of the game no. I am brought into the prologue at level 23 with all of my cool items and I just have to <laughs> walk all the way back to the end of act one I mean yeah because nothing's going to stand in your way yeah if I wasn't 
I'm going to be reviewing this game for Goonhammer, the site that I write video game reviews for once weekly. If I wasn't reviewing this game, I would have uninstalled. I mean, how, why not at that point? I mean, like, yeah, the only reason more. it's still installed is I still need to grab screenshots for media for the, for the article. My word. Um, it is an atrocity on every level. Like, uh, just, uh, I don't understand how a product like this, you know, clears. I, how do you bring it out of early access like this? Did, did it, I mean, is there any fun element to the game? Is yeah, there... it plays. I, I love how it plays. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, obviously, I, I love ARPGs to begin with, Diablo Mars, but if you like Diablo, sure. the thing will play minute to minute like a good game. Well, you're like the audience for this. Yeah. Like, if, if they can't, it's just weird they can't. Man, that is that is really bad. And All right, well, I'm not going to play it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, spoiler for the people who do read the Goonhammer article, my advice is um, if you really must, like, rubberneck this train wreck, uh, pirate the game. Then delete it. That makes once sense. Once you're done. Don't give them money for it. Don't give them money for it in the future until, like, five or six people you have trusted who have given money to own this game in the past tells you that they've, like, Final Fantasy Realm reborn it. Um, Everyone seems to want to do that now, as if that's going to be an easy easy. Fix. Yeah, like, I, like that just is something that can happen instead of some weird thing that Capcom managed to do exactly once. Or, uh, as a guy uh, Square who... Enix managed to do exactly fine. once. Yeah, I mean, as 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 a died-in-the-wool uh, Final Fantasy XIV supporter, um, I... Gotta tell you, that does not seem like something that's going to work every time. Or, like, had ever worked before. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's just, it's, that's that's the end of it. It's, you don't don't bank on that. That's what, I mean, that's what Anthem's doing. That's what this game seems to be doing. Man, that's, uh, that's dark. That's really grim. Yep. It's, uh, you know, if they do fix it. I mean, it's also just, like, a boring game, like, aesthetically. Uh, they're they're mm-hmm. on the they're on the cry engine. For some reason, they made an ARPG where your view is locked on a zoomed out fixed ISO, uh, top down staring down game, and they just they're using cry engine, an engine That's, which is uh, not... incredibly high end, incredibly resource intensive. Yeah, what a waste. Um, and that you just can't actually see any of the good parts of because you can't zoom in. <laughs> like you should be, and the game is is really boring, aesthetically designed. Part of the reason I'm doing it for Goonhammer is because they just sort of, like, stole the uh, Imperium of Man's Space Marine aesthetic outright. Oh, great. Uh, but beyond, That's good, though, right? beyond that, it just sort of looks like they purchased resource libraries <laughs> and put them together. It, it is a... Grim Dawn is a more visually distinct aesthetically game, and Grim Dawn is the most cookie-cutter, Teutonic, oh, yeah. Black Forest... Western, you know, shit and blood fantasy aesthetic you can get. Um, I mean, I think Grim Dawn looks cool, but yeah, I mean, like, looks cool because you've explained it to me. Like, if you actually look at what it is, it does not look very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, it, hell, it does seem like a studio's first game. It does seem like a game made in, like, with a massive number of rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably will do in the product. Um, cool. But it's still fun to play when you get the chance. <laughs> and it's not a race really your hard. To, it's hard to hear that this is like what they worked on for four years. Yeah. And jeez. Okay. Well, yikes. All right. Well, 
thanks for that. I am in shock. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, oh, so this is like... So that's all bad news. Here's a really cool piece of news. So a playable build of um, StarCraft Ghost League. Yeah, this was like... Now, for those of you that are not old enough to remember this, uh, StarCraft Ghost was a, uh, a game that was going to be released for the... Um, was it the 360 or was it, it being was the, released on the I Xbox? I it was the like, original Xbox. Uh, yeah, the OG Xbox, yeah. I, I believe it, it then was got based... delayed so much. It got that, yeah, right. It could have been the 360, right. Um, but it was basically like... It was before StarCraft Two. It was just like... It was the supposed to be a follow-up to StarCraft... Um, and it was like, uh, it's an FPS, right? Or a third person shooter. Yeah. It's yeah. like, sort of like, it's like if, uh, somebody took notes off of the original, uh, Splinter Cell games and sort of made them play a little more arcadey is what, is what the, the footage I saw looked like. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like, um, it seems cool. Like, it seems like it was neat, but like the, the really interesting thing about this, it reminds me of when like people found, the files for uh, Star Fox Two, yeah. like it's just a game that you'd never thought you'd see. Yeah, it's sad um, because they, uh, it is very clear this game never actually did get finished. Um, so there, yeah, there probably right. isn't a, isn't a full build sitting out there somewhere for us to finally uh, get our hands on. But it's really cool that there's a playable build. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's it's kind of wild. Like it it would be as if you know you, I don't know, like you found Earthbound sixty four or something. Yeah. It's just like it. These games are like the, I don't know, like StarCraft Ghost is one of those games that was just kind of in every issue of like EGM or whatever. Like it was being like, almost like an urban legend. I mean, it got to the point yeah. of this This was the playable demo that they were showing at like uh, the Tokyo Games Show Yeah. Um, before they canceled it, which having seen the play, how, how the play works, I can sort of see why they canceled it because that was back when oh. Blizzard was much more concerned about uh, – its releases being of the quality that the Blizzard name demanded. Um, and we've talked about where Blizzard's yeah. at these days with that. Uh, <laughs> this would be a game that they'd definitely release now. Um, yes, of course. But back then, there were it was this was like their first real dalliance with working with a third-person studio, third-party studio. Um, and apparently, it just didn't seem like it went over that well. Um yeah, I mean, it did. It did have that feeling of like, yeah, you know what? Like, um, uh, this is this is just a this is a game where it, clearly someone worked really hard on it, or a lot of people worked really hard on it, and it just never they never got on the same page yep. as the as the publisher. Yeah, and uh, you know, it sucks because there was apparently you know a point where you could play in like a siege tank. And, oh, that's cool, and. Um, all of that always sounded a lot cooler than the outcome probably was ever going to be from the game, but the idea of you know driving that thing around and then you hit the siege mode button and the camera drops out and zooms out like you've got like a proto version of that AC thirty mission from yeah. C one thirty mission from uh, Modern Warfare uh, called yeah Modern Warfare uh, that would have been cool uh, as shit. It's a great idea, and like I think you know the game itself was the game itself was cool insofar as. It was one of the first games because it it came out around. I mean, like it was it never came out, but it was like kind of teased around the same time as um, as uh, excuse me, um, the Metroid Prime. Yeah, where like 
you know the the these games are taking like huge risks by moving outside of what they've always been right like a starcraft game that isn't an rps or or an rts excuse me uh or um a metroid game that isn't like a metroid game um I, that was like a cool moment in gaming where people were just kind of willing to try stuff yep um and it didn't always work i mean like often was terrible but like i don't know i i remember the commanding I really conquer like first person shooter no command and conquer renegade i think it was called wow um yeah it was it was very bad um i mean there were a lot that just like were terrible yeah. but like it it's neat that people were willing to go big like that i think yeah um and so i mean i don't know i'm happy to see it come out insofar as it's like a reminder of that um you know i i'm, I'm disappointed it's not much better than than just that but eh, so it's all right yeah very cool. Um, so what else we got here? Uh, do you want to talk about politics and games? Yeah, sure. Why not? We talked about politics at the top. Why not? Uh, okay, so this is another one of these, um, you know, ongoing issues that we might as well have, like, a feature or a reporting desk for. Uh, but Epic's, uh, Epic's Game CEO Tim Sweeney uh, went to the DICE conference in Las Vegas. Uh, that is not the studio DICE I don't believe I just I just forget what dice actually stands for in this context. Yeah, that's it, it, like a yeah yeah it's um it's a conference or something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he's you know he went there he gave this big speech about you know gamers' rights and freedoms and how we can't uh, talk down to the customers. Uh, I think it was. He, Thanks he, for fun. Quest. I mean, honestly, you know what. We make fun, but he's talking about a serious issue, which is gamers' rights and Correct. freedom. Uh, he was, he, this is the way that Kotaku's article puts it. Uh, he was a request for companies and developers to end customer adversarial practices that keep players apart <laughs> at a time when, in Sweeney's view, games function more as social spaces than entertainment products. Um, I mean, his games. Yeah. Uh, so this is like... It, it, this weird, like I like proto Zuckerberg um, positioning of you know these games as social media spaces instead mm -hmm. of games that are supposed to you know convey a theme at you know, even at some point, even if it's just a, a bad theme uh, or a boring theme or any any sort of content whatsoever. I mean, uh, this sort of goes along with my uh, my theory that uh, Fortnite is just effectively like. I mean, as far as, like, a narrative thing, it's just the same as, like, Habba Hotel. Like, it's yeah. not, it's it's just, like, you know, it's just the, the new iteration of that kind of thing. Well, it, yeah, the weird thing is, it feels like, because his concept here is that these are, like, Twitter or Facebook, except everyone has, like, a fake gun while they're while they're there posting and doing content. Um, of course, he says it's, it's fine for gamers to express their politics. Uh, right. But the games themselves should not delve into such issues. Uh, for purely capitalist reasons, obviously. Um, oh yeah, of course. I mean, why why else would he do it? That would be a little strange. Uh, to to have a to have like capitalist non capitalist uh, uh, opinions and also be the CEO of um, of one of the uh, biggest companies, yeah, of in Epic. The gaming companies in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like it would be very. He also strange. made like some clumsy Chick Fil A reference. Uh, I saw that. It's very strange. I'm not sure, like. In your speech about not doing politics, you're going to throw shade at Chick-fil-A and therefore yourself do politics. Um, okay, dude. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said it, but like he said, like they sh- he shouldn't they shouldn't have done they shouldn't have had a stance on gay marriage because it was outside of the scope of their company. Like just very weird stuff. Very very strange. And it it that there's so many implicit questions to ask there about like what, so what do you feel a, the scope of a company is? Um, yeah, is it because like, it, it appears that his view is it's an amoral cancer that just grows at the uh, expense of the, its body politic host, um, which is I mean, the way you most know what? tech I agree. Is. Yeah, I mean, he's not <laughs> wrong. That is the role of a company within our version of capitalism. Uh, he just thinks it's good. Yeah, that's the weird part where he's like, so like, let's all just like get along and then start doing a company like we should, guys. Like, let's, let's, let's get serious and start just like making money and uh, and completely ignoring any sort of like moral uh, obligation we have. Yep. Um, basically, he just doesn't want anything that he'd ever be liable for. Like, that's why the streamers and the gamers can express their politics because there's no liability with them. Correct. Um, yes. They can say and do whatever they want, and content moderation can passively encourage or discourage certain kinds of political expression. But as long as there's that that garden wall that exists, uh, the company itself is never financially or legally liable for anything that's been done. Um, right, and I mean that's that's the that's the beauty of. Um... I mean that's the beauty of uh, of like capitalism as we understand it in terms of like uh, owning both the uh, the game itself and the method of conveyance, right? Like you own uh, Fortnite and you own the servers that run Fortnite. You can produce it uh, and distribute it and keep anything that is related to it. I mean, you have a horizontal. Uh, I'm sorry, a vertical monopoly. No, no, it's, I'm sorry, a horizontal monopoly there. Um, that just keeps you afloat forever because you own everything. So of course his idea is like, well, why rock the boat and make that political? Yeah, and and let's just keep owning everything. And being depolitical and expanding your ability to, well, expand, then makes you more powerful and more able yeah. to do soft power influence. Yeah, uh, no, that's right. And uh, so yeah, I mean. Worst guy you know makes a great point sort of territory here, but yes, this is sort of how that shit operates. Uh, And it's a much more cogent, you know, mask-off formulation of it than I think we've seen from, like, the game devs who come out and say this stuff. Because they're not, you know, as as fully uh, inducted into the mysteries of capitalism as as the CEOs are. Yeah, I mean, it's not... They don't have to worry. I mean, it's yeah. They're not. They're not completely. Uh, how to say it? Like they're not completely subsumed by it. Yeah. Um, they have class interests outside of that. Yep. So um, good that the CEOs are keeping on, keeping on with your. I'm glad. You know what? I was really worried that they would get a little down on themselves. Yeah. Uh, but no. Um, they're just like they just... they're they're vibing, man. They're doing it. <laughs> All right, so uh, last or second to last thing we've got here, uh, there was a another piece on Kotaku, which, which uh, sort of did a deep dive. Well, this was also at Dice. Um, they they gave a talk about the development of Jedi Fallen Order, the uh, the game. That oh came yeah, from EA um, and respawn. A must listen. Uh, so they did a little chat about that, and mainly 
you know, it was, it was just a game dev chat, you know, games get developed and we have funny stories about them and, you know, it was a hard process and there was crunch involved, blah, blah, blah. The interesting thing that came out about it is like the, the picture of the brand management at LucasArts that gets, mm -hmm. that it, that gets, um, put forth here. Uh, there was a point in time where they apparently weren't able to, um, use the word Jedi. Oh, right. Like, it just wasn't allowed. Like, for some reason, the brand managers over at, at Lucas That's and, so funny. and Disney thought that you could make a Star Wars game with a guy who uses a lightsaber and, not and only the call Jedi. them Force users. That was the was the compromise they wanted to put in place. Force user sounds like a uh, it just sounds like a way to to like it sounds like the like the the we want really really hard to make like a like a star battles mm -hmm. or like space battles movie, uh, and these are these are uh, magic users uh, Jedi's. Like it's, it feels like it's yeah, like so off brand Mass Effect sort. You remember how Mass Effect was already two thirds of the way to being a, a Star Wars property? Yeah, uh, it feels like that, but even stupider. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and obviously they got talked down from that because that's fucking stupid. Um, how the how the fuck? Yeah, it's really like, dumb. even even just from a brand standpoint. How is EA supposed to market this game? How is EA supposed to write this game? How are the people at Respawn supposed to construct a story without being able to, like, I, I kind of actually want to see it. I, I want to see what that looks like. If, I mean, it'd be kind of incredible. If the word Jedi is like, treated like the word Voldemort. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, because you, could you couldn't, like, the main thing that they sold Fallen Order on, I mean, and naturally, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it was stupid of them to do that this way, but the, the way they sold Fallen Order was, you can play as a Jedi. Yeah. That's that's how you sell basically all of these games. Like the only good Star uh, Star Wars game that hasn't had you playing a Jedi in the last twenty years is like Republic Commando, uh, and still yeah, Republic a, Commando had like NPC Jedi running around. Um, so yeah, so I, and I expect more of this from the future. Disney has no idea what the fuck they're doing with the Star Wars license, as these recent movies have like very clearly stated. Um, yeah, that's right. Like we just got done with a with a trilogy of of three movies over five years, telling us about how all the heroes from the original trilogy uh, were like desperately lonely and died alone um, as failures uh, after ruining everything and doing literally doing nothing. Like they just disappear from the timeline for like forty years until it's time for the next for the next trilogy to happen. And it's like these people don't know what they're doing they're not like, even even the comic side stuff they, they they're thinking about it like marketing people yeah um, that's right and they're not thinking about it like smart marketing people because smart marketing people would have known that you need to use the jedi name no of course because i like the 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 marketing of the disney does especially with all the properties that it buys seems to be like prevent defense marketing where like you're just making sure that no one dilutes the term that you like, which means no one can ever use it either. Yeah. Like it's like, well, the term Jedi can only ever be used in this. It's like how they got rid of the EU or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like only the way. And then complain we... they didn't have any comics to base things on. That was amazing. Right? It's like, it's like yeah, like you can't just you can't play prevent. You can't be like, well, okay, look, I'm gonna let's just make sure no one ever takes this thing that is really like 
you know profitable to us if they do that then we're screwed it's like no man like if you if you do it that way you are not like it's going to be really like bland and bad like you have to be able to say the word jedi in order for people to buy the game about jedi you have to be able to sort of like draw off of a large history of these things like i get that you don't want you know me writing a story that is canon about mickey mouse where he like you know dies or whatever but like you gotta strike a balance gotta strike a balance yeah and and here's the thing the crazy thing is that jedi fallen order wasn't a daring game it was it was very standard by the numbers star wars shit yeah, it's an ultra standard game. And like that was like the complaint about it too. It's just like, oh, this is like you know, whatever. I guess you get to feel like you're a Jedi or whatever, it's fine. They hit all the high notes, um, you know, bam, 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 ripped off the David Filoni um Rebels cartoon show basically at, at you know, not not the actual characters or events, but the aesthetics, the politics, uh, some of the, the way the enemies were designed. Uh you mm-hmm. know, they were working from a very standard blueprint based on stuff Disney owned and Disney licensed. And still the brand managers couldn't, had to be pushed to, you know, not actively garrot themselves. Yeah, I don't, like, I mean, Disney, people will misunderstand because of the the political term. And of course they are politically conservative too. But like, they're such a conservative company in the way they use their, their franchises that it's just like, I don't know. If you expected Star Wars to take some sort of big leap forward, um, you know, good for you. But I think also the reaction to The Last Jedi is not particularly surprising. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing we've got here for today is they dropped. Yeah, hit me up. The oh, can I can I throw in something yes, that yes. I almost forgot about? Uh, Tyler Ninja Blevins had a had a tweet. <sighs> Great. How's he? Is this about his mom or something? No. no? Okay. Uh, he tweeted, uh, let's see, come on, uh, oh, yeah, 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 okay, so here's an article on CCN, uh, by, uh, William Worrell, called Fortnite Legend Ninja's Gamer Rage Tweet is Completely Idiotic, um, and he tweeted, the phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset, you are okay with what happened, losing, mindset. imperfection of a craft, when you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice, there's always something to learn. And always room for improvement. Never settle. This is the guy who thinks uh, kicking field goals is really easy, right? Right. Yeah. The, no, not not even kicking field goals. It's um, it's passing mm. like <laughs> the the entire game. Like if you can't catch, then you gotta gotta like gotta be kicked off the team, right? Um, yeah. So this is the guy who thinks that, and he's also basically calling people casuals when his whole deal is playing um, Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, at some point when you accumulate that much wealth, and he's accumulated a lot of wealth. Um, oh, plenty, yeah. For his profession. Uh, you have to start telling yourself lies about how you got it. Uh, oh, that's fair. And that means that... I think it's just funny to watch the lies happen. Yeah, yeah. You know? For everyone else who, who doesn't have that sort of mind-breaking feedback loop, it's really funny. But he has to tell himself that he has singular and unique abilities to play Fortnite that no one else has. And that's why he is who he is and does what he does. And this is, is, has the success that he has. And I mean, the funny thing is he probably does have like fairly uniquely good. I assume he's a very good Fortnite ability. Like I, I don't, I don't actually watch him. Fortnite. I assume he is an extremely good player and he's also oh, yeah, very he charismatic and good at doing the social parasocial stuff that a streamer needs to do. But, but he, I think it's also like the idea that, 
that is somehow a statement on how good he is as like a person yeah, and, and, or whatever, and, right? As opposed to just like, yeah, he's like good at Fortnite. And there's also like it's a fine. lot of people who are really good at Fortnite and who are also really good at the parasocial stuff. So there has to be some next level above that, which explains why once he got to a certain threshold, he just started accumulating more and more share, right? Until yeah. he became the institution that he is. Um, and telling yourself that story is uh, part of what... I mean, he'll never be a billionaire. You don't become a billionaire by st- streaming on Twitch. Uh, but yeah, really that matter, sort but of yeah, no, mindset is, is is what's inculcated in people like Bloomberg and Steyer and all those guys. Um, sure. And Ninja will ever get it because Ninja will never actually be that rich. But he still has, you know, the, the smaller... Still has the mindset. Yeah, that, that portion of it uh, about... Uh, the, you know, the story you have to tell yourself to justify what you've got and that it wasn't sure, random chance and it wasn't institutional advantage. Or like, I mean, I think, I think like, and I, I, I only say this cause I don't know anything about Ninja's life or anything. Um, I don't know what institutional advantages he has or doesn't have other than that. He's just a white guy, which I mean is enough of a leg up, but I mean, it's also just this idea that what you do is somehow existentially valuable as opposed to something where it's like, yeah, just like everything, gaming is pretty much just kind of like a drop in the bucket. It's not super important. It's not like we're changing lives here. Give some entertainment here and there, and that's fine. Um, no, for, for, for Ninja, it has to be like, he has to be teaching lessons or providing some sort of guidance it, it has to it has to mean something in a lot, i mean right? and that's what it turns into when you get to that level with the the conferences and the talks you give and the ideas festivals and all that stuff because yeah. he's been involved in that stuff now he's you know he does stuff for microsoft he does commercials he does you know yeah. all that he's he's in that tier him and nick Mullen. him and future or common common i think it's common future does other stuff how, how dare you i i think i i don't know um, I don't know which commercial you're talking about, but I would know the difference between common and yeah, future. I, I don't. I have I, to. I have to. I have to tell you that right well, now. One, one um, of them does all these. Uh, does all those Microsoft ads? It's, uh, common. Does he have hair? Yeah. All right. Well, closer to common. Yeah, then. it sounds like. Common. Um. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, that's all I had to add. <laughs> Being confusing rappers. All right. Well, um, sorry I made you do that. Um. What's our last piece of news? Uh, the Final Fantasy remake, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake opening trailer has, well, opening cutscene has dropped. They cut it as a trailer. Uh, it's five, five and a half minutes long. It looks beautiful. Um, it has a little bit more, it's like, it's it's not a shot for shot remake. Uh, it's got a lot more like scene setting with the, like, you know that, you know how it eventually it gets into Eris in the alley with the glowing green shit? Yeah. The part between the opening establishing shots and Eris is longer, so it takes you through the streets a bit more. Um, okay, it makes it look a, a, a make it really drives home that this is like like a, an American city from the seventies, basically grafted into this huge technological abom- steampunky abomination, uh, which is hmm. what Midgar is. Um, yeah, sure, that's right. And it's, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, still not dropping until April tenth. Is when it comes out. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like honestly know what to think about this. Like, I, I know it looks beautiful, and I, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. But it's like I'm finding it really hard to get 
ultra excited about a game I've played before. That's just like, I mean, when there's so much new stuff, yeah. like it, I, I get that remasters are important and all, but like, I don't know. I spent like 200, 300 hours with final fantasy seven. Like any, you know, nerd my age did like, it just feels like it's kind of a waste of time to go back it's to stagnation. it. Um, yeah. Not even Final like Final Fantasy fifteen. Let's be honest, brutally honest, didn't have the impact they wanted it to have. No, um, it was there and gone. It was kind of a confusing mess. Uh, it was certainly not the you know culmination of a decade long project that it should have been. Which is like literally what they said it would yeah. be. I, you know, it had some fun bro moments. Like if you're going to spend ten years making a game, it's got to have more going for it than a than a cool uh, road trip. Listen, they have the game that's the culmination. I'm, just, I'm not going to actually do this. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not – I'm just not that excited about it. And I know that's, like, people are probably real mad at me about that because I know people are really excited about it. Like, there's a whole um, orchestra tour and stuff like that, and people are going to get kind of in their feelings about it. And, you know, if you want to get in your feelings about it, I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cool to be in your feelings. Uh, I just – I'm not there with you. Yeah. I'm just like not really. I mean, there. I Final Fantasy VII was my least favorite PS1 era Final Fantasy. Um, I take eight and nine over it. You're one of those day. guys. Um, mainly, I'm following this mostly because I want to play it because I, I think maybe it'd be cool if I actually enjoyed Final Fantasy VII this time. Um, but also because fair enough, uh, I want to be there when they include uh, a secret ending to bring Eris back, and everybody gets really angry. You think they're going to do think that? So. I think there's it, 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 mm, DLC. Maybe it's DLC. I think DLC would be... Yeah, I don't know. I. It's like the one thing they've never backed down on. So, I mean, maybe it's time. I mean, but they never the really had a, choice, I, I, a chance to, <laughs> to not back down on it before, right? Like, this is the first... Well, they could have... I mean, they easily could have brought her back, right? Like, they've... You've got plenty of ways to, like, avoid the sad, tragic ending in, like, Chrono Trigger or something like that. They could have found a way to, to make it so that you could do something to get er- to keep Eris alive. Well, yeah, but you're not going to put that in, like, the dirge of Cerberus add-on game or something. Like, this is, no, this is their first real is chance like, to fuck with that. You're, you're saying it's, like, their first real chance to actually revise yeah. it. Yeah, like, because I mean, okay. they weren't going to go back and change the game in its base form, probably because they don't even have the Masters anymore. I know they don't right, have the sure. Masters for Final Fantasy VIII, apparently. Um, Come on, you lose stuff, yeah, too. Oh, yes, I do. Um, and it stops me from earning money all the time as well. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I am looking forward to it just because, but without, like, the nostalgia blinders that a lot of, or glasses that a lot of people have, um, I think it's going to, I think the, the cross-dressing bit is just going to be as stupid, if not worse, than it was the first time around. Um yeah. I find it bizarre the devotion to keeping that in there among the fan base. Uh, well, I guess it's a little really. strange. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. Um, but I also don't think. I mean, unless they really ramp up its importance in the plot, that things that shit's over in like thirty minutes, right? I'm pretty sure in the game. I mean, that was that. Yeah, the Don Cornelius stuff yeah. was over very fast. Yeah, so uh, it's hopefully not going to be too big a deal. Um, but yeah, one would hope. But I mean, I don't know. Like I've I've seen. Worse conceived ideas than trying to like recoup the Don Cornelius thing and make it so that it's not embarrassing or whatever. They have said they're adding content to, to this because obviously this, this part of the game just well, they have yeah, to. I mean, they're not gonna this is a full apparently a, supposed to be a full length ish game, 
but it only covers the first third, first fourth. God, that's that's so strange. I'm not sure they've said 60 hours, but they have said full length. Um, I mean, which is at this day and age 60 hours. I have, yeah, I have my doubts that it's going to get past 30. But still, 30 hours for the first section of to leaving Midgar? That's nuts. Yeah, I don't... Like, that was, that was what, eight hours <laughs> in the original game? I think this is going to end up being, like, one of those disappointing things where all of a sudden they make a bunch of branching paths off something that there doesn't actually need to be branching paths right. off of. Like, there's nothing that... I, I think it's going to, like, answer a lot of questions that no one had. Yeah. Like, oh, let's make, like, an open world area in Midgar. Like, oh, I wonder what, like, the economy works in Midgar. It's like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'll, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'll play it. I mean, for sure, it is our it is but part I, of our jobs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I won't enjoy it uh, more than Final Fantasy fourteen. I I will guarantee you this. I think it's you know partially because that's new material, and I think they are actually doing fresh stuff with it, which maybe is why I find this kind of weird. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it'll be fun. I've done my game for the week, so it's all you. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I am, uh, playing mostly these days, uh, I'm playing, so one of the things that happened this week is, uh, I sold my, uh, book idea, which is yeah, cool. congrats on that. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, so one of the things I'm doing is I'm getting caught up on some of the games I plan to write about, and one of the games I'm planning on writing about is, uh, well, one of the series I'm planning on writing about is the Shin Megami mm-hmm. Tensei series. So, um, I'm doing my due diligence and playing the old, the old hits, um, and so I'm playing a lot of Shin Megami Tensei 1, yep. uh, for the SNES, uh, not... I will say the a particularly official one because it never got an English translation, uh, but it is a fan translation. Um, it's fine. It's very weird to go play a. Um, it's really weird to play a. Um, <laughs> like one of those, a, uh, like the the ones yeah, where you're like, like in a, a hallway and you just go like. Is there a name for it's, those? It's it's weird, dude. Uh, it yeah, it's like a first person perspective Maze, yeah crawler. yeah like that was how rpgs worked for like this period of like 10 years from like 83 to 92 or something yeah it's it's really weird like it's 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 almost like disarming to play it this mm-hmm. way but i mean at the same point like it's it's fun it has it has atlas problems um it made its it made its you know first completely uh, indefensible gay joke, like within the first ten hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but it's an interesting game. I can see why it was, like, I can see why it spawned what it did. Um, so far, I'm having fun with it, but it is like not just like obviously, yes. Uh, the the hallway thing is really, really off putting and hard to play. Um, but just like honestly, just playing like an old RPG is, is harder than I think most of us are willing to admit at this point. Like it is just, it's just weird to play these old RPGs. Cause like, it's not, I don't know, man. It just, it just isn't, <laughs> it isn't like what we're used to now. Um, it's so different. Um, and so as a result, it's like, it just doesn't totally work. Um, in the same, you know what? 
I'll say it this way. It is much more um, frustrating and, like, time-consuming and, like, backtracky and not hand-holding, which is kind of interesting, but, like, it expects you just to constantly go over every area again and again, and that's just not something any game is going to ask you to yep. do now. I mean, like, they just... It, was, it felt like holdover from the point-and-click adventure games where... Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the idea yeah. is, well, you'll, you'll eventually figure it out or you'll just stop playing and do something else. We've got your money already. Right. Exactly. It's like, it, it really is like a, well, look, like we, we, we set up the characters where they're supposed to be set up. We've given you a few clues. Um, I hope you, hope you find it. Um, uh, if not, you can buy like a magazine and like, it'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> There wasn't really, do. like, the concept of a gameplay loop, really, at this point in, in how these things were being developed. No. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, it's not like there's no loop. It's just like you're moving from place to place. New ideas are thrown at you and stuff. But, it, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's like there's a lot of – there's a lot of – um, there's a lot of, like, believe it or not, a lot of Pokemon elements. <laughs> uh, obviously, insofar as, like, you are kind of collecting these demons uh, to fight for you. Um, but there's like, there's kind of like the, the collection element, uh, there's, you know, it's, it's very difficult. Um, it is, it's kind of like morally challenging, not just in the way that it challenges your ability to stand, uh, to, you know, give money to Atlas (laughs) when they are just like such a hateful company. Uh, but also like it asks you to make like, basically like, one of the things, the first choice you make in the game is you have to decide if you're going to help the American um, people who are kind of like pushing their way into Japan to um, stop these demons uh, and, and, you know, occupy Japan. But they actually want to do it so they can introduce the thousand year reign of God. Um, or yeah, you help like the guy this. who's summoning the demons. Yeah, right. To, to, so they don't stop. So they don't aren't able to launch their nuclear strike. Um Spoiler alert for a game put out in like 1995. Um, you, no matter who you help, uh, the nuclear strike gets gets um, fired anyway. And so, right now in the game, the entire Earth has been uh, sent into nuclear holocaust. Humanity has somehow survived. That's, that's sort of like um, the, and, the premise for all of these games, right? There's an apocalypse in yeah, the first ten hours. I was surprised that you had the opportunity to kind of like try and stop it in this one. In Nocturne, it's just like. You sort of try and stop it, but it's the yeah, first it's dungeon. Like it happens in the first or second cutscene or something. Yeah, you're just done. More people are alive ostensibly than they were in Nocturne too, but uh, yeah, you're just in. You're in purgatory because you were sent there at the last minute um, by your friend who I named Hill Dog. <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, I mean, but like the idea that you'd have to choose in like a game this early between like, well, are you going to help me stop these demons, or are you going to help the other guys so that like the U.S. doesn't launch an un uh, you know an uh a premeditated uh nuclear strike it's like boy that's um it's a bigger choice than i was being asked to make in final fantasy 2 <laughs> it's like way bigger so I, I think it's cool like i think it's neat um yeah i mean it's fun to play in a way i don't know if i'd recommend it uh if you're really a completist and want to see where it started it, it does have that shin megami tensei feel it's very much like it so if you like those games you'll probably like it at least somewhat. Cool. But yeah. All right, man. Well, a uh, lot of news this week. Yeah. This was good. Uh, and I will see you again next week. Hopefully we have even more news. Uh, I hope no one gets the yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, hopefully it's not about plagues. Yeah, well, we'll see. 
Um, all right. right, man. Well, uh, oh, anything that people should be looking for? Uh, other you? than the Goonhammer review, uh, this reading <laughs> Wilson even more than I just did in the first half of this show. Um, that's, Goodness, that's even gonna more. Be dropping uh, Friday probably. Um, okay. So yeah. Nice. We'll keep an eye out for that. All right. Good night. And that's Friday. The I, I think this will come out tomorrow, so I don't think it's going to be right. a problem. Yeah, that would be the Friday, 20th, uh, 20th, the twenty uh, first yeah. of February. So if you, it's if it's past, then you should go to Goonhammer and yeah. find it. All right, John. Well, I will talk, talk to you soon. soon. Good night, guys. Night. <laughs>